Welcome to Build the Invisible, a podcast hosted by me, Daniel G, where we explore career journeys of today's most successful professionals. Each week, we sit down with guests to discuss the challenges they faced and the lessons that they've learned along the way, from dealing with failure to the importance of being patient and listening to others. We uncover the strategies and mindset that have helped our guests build successful careers. Join us as we delve into the stories of those who have persevered and achieved greatness in their fields. I had a fantastic chat with Jordan Williamson, who is commercial director at CSM Sport and Entertainment. Jordan is also the founder of Face of the Brand, a website that profiles brand ambassadors, exploring partnerships from the perspective of the athlete and the brand. I had a few fascinating um, insights from Jordan, including a few quotes that I'd like to share at the outset. She talked about the unfinished product and she explained specifically, I think showing value and providing knowledge, but also being able to admit that you don't know everything is a fine balance to strike. She also explains about listening, where she says one of my boss's earliest piece of advice, which he said pretty bluntly was, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. And on consistency, she says, it's not until you undertake something like that, which is a running 10K for 100 days, having to do something every day that you understand and appreciate the difficulty of being consistent. I hope you really enjoy our chat. Jordan, thank you so much for, for joining me on this chat. Um, we've probably known each other for a couple of years now actually i think and i've always really yeah, enjoyed um our, our conversations together um our book recommendations or rather your book recommendations to me and our joint podcast recommendations generally um and in a way i was really uh interested to chat to you about you know the the, the book idea that i've been i've been talking to you a little bit about which is well the the, the title is around called build build the invisible and what I'm sort of interested in, in sort of exploring with, with lots of people I'm trying to interview um, is this idea around, you know, how do you build your knowledge base? How do you go about developing your network? How do you get into the industry? You know, I know we're, we're in sports, but if it's music or TV or film or you know, fashion, whatever else it might be, the industry of your choice, the industry that you've got a passion and want to sort of delve into more and have a motivation for. And, um, you know, you're, you're obviously making your way, making great strides in, in, the, in the sports and entertainment space generally. How, how did you go about doing what you're doing now? And a lot of people that have said, just a caveat, have said, oh, I've been lucky because I was in here at this at the right time and otherwise. And I'm always interested in this idea of luck. But before we get into there, maybe you can just sort of explain how, how you managed to find that, that way in and that pathway and, um, and sort of, how you went about doing it by chance or by strategy or a combination of it all? Yeah, I think it's definitely probably a, a combination of the two. Um, start with this wasn't ever where I thought I'd, I'd end up or what I'd be doing. And it's just one of those things that I think life has a funny way of, of kind of handing you opportunities that you can either take or, or whatever it might be. But um, what did you want to do? Sorry, then what was your idea? I didn't know <laughs> was the honest answer. So, so I, I was, I've always, always loved my sport, um, playing it, watching it, whatever that might be. But equally, I, I love school and um, love my academics. I was a bit of a nerd at school. So 
I went on to kind of study physics and maths at, at university again, not really knowing what I wanted to do with that, but figured I was, I was quite good at it. I found it quite interesting. And that's kind of like the way our education system's set up, that that's the way it kind of encourages you to, to go along. And I think on that note, I think it was in one of your emails actually around the top 25 TED talks, but there's one on education that like everyone should watch because for me, that just hits the nail on the head. And I was lucky in that um, academics and exams and all that kind of thing just worked for me. Like I was quite good at memorizing formula, which was basically what you had to do to, to excel in those subjects at that point. So, so that kind of almost dictated that path for me and suddenly found myself at, at uni and enjoying it and loving it and kind of almost putting off that what's next kind of spent a bit of time um through my degree doing research and all that kind of thing I was just like I don't really think further academics is for me um I, I still love kind of playing football and, and being out and about and um it just didn't quite get my juices flowing for use of a better phrase so I then was kind of back home one summer challenged my dad and he did the kind of dad thing like you should get some work experience or you should do this and I was like oh but I just want to kind of go on holiday or whatever but I was like okay cool um so started I was like right okay I guess if I'm studying maths I'll do something financy or that's kind of where it naturally led if I didn't want to go down the kind of more physics research led path so I figured if I was going to go and I don't know um do some like voluntary work experience which again I was fortunate enough to be able to do I live within commuting distance of, of London I know not everyone has those opportunities and I was staying with my parents at the time but again I think that's where the element of luck comes into it and, and how these things go but I was like if I'm gonna gonna kind of do some free work experience and kind of get myself in somewhere and I know organize someone's paper clips or whatever they have you do make cups of tea I figured I'd want to do it somewhere, somewhere interesting at least. And pretty much everywhere has a finance department. So you just have to kind of scan the opportunities. So I just sports agencies or sports. I didn't even really know what an agency was at the time, but sports companies that would have probably been what I'd have searched. Um, and, and CSM fell out of that. And funnily enough, a lot of people get in touch to kind of work with the athlete management team or the brands team, but very few people actually want to come and do work experience for the finance team. So I think they were just really glad to have an extra set of hands and were almost a bit shocked that I was kind of asking to help with the finance side of things. They're like, oh, are you sure you don't, you've not got the wrong department or whatever. But so I think that was, again, a bit of luck, bit of timing, bit of opportunity um, for me. And again, um, the next element of luck to come into it was that at the time I was doing two weeks work experience so again just helping um helping do a lot of the kind of just admin inputting data etc um but the finance team sat next to the athlete management team at the time in the office so again just the way it worked and um one of the guys I was working with he actually did a lot of the finance for the players as well so just through that and I mean as everyone tells you go in be enthusiastic talk to people listen in to what everyone's saying um so I just got chatting and, and whatnot to the people around me was lucky enough that they were all open to have conversations and give me the time of day and and there's work drinks on a Friday and you kind of go down and start to kind of humanize and engage with people and make yourself a person rather than just the work experience kid which again is, is kind of important um and then I guess this is where the luck falls away and the kind of like you have to start thinking and then it's like okay this is quite interesting I didn't know this existed how can I provide value or how can I leave? they must get work experience people through the door every week of the summer how can I kind of leave my mark and I think that 
came up quite a lot in the couple of weeks that I was there. It was when social media was really starting to kind of kick in and a lot of the agents just in that week alone had had calls from their players being like, what's this Twitter thing about? Like, how can I monetize it? What's going on? Like, and I kind of heard a few kind of failed attempts at responding to that. And just by the nature of me being a bit younger, I was just a, had a bit more of a foundation of what social media was and what it was becoming and how it was working. So I was like, little light bulb moment. I was like, okay, cool. This is where I can maybe kind of help. Um, and so started to, to kind of chat to the guys and just be like, look, is there anything I could do to be useful? And kind of then actually ended up coming up with like a cheat sheet to like Twitter, like, really simple stuff which at the now kind of everyone takes for granted but at the time like setting up a twitter account and what is twitter what is a hashtag like there was all these things that were completely foreign to like rugby players or footballers or whatever um so just by kind of creating some materials that then meant that they invited me back at the end of the summer to kind of complete that work so they were like there's certain rules about how many weeks you can do work experience so like actually if you can kind of come back in September time when it's kind of a bit more relevant for sport it'd be really good to have you back for a couple of weeks so that's kind of where it kind of went um did a couple more weeks got to know everyone a bit more um and then yeah and then I went and did my final year of uni and didn't actually really think about it again after that to be honest I kind of always wanted to kind of go traveling and all this kind of thing and thought oh, okay cool that's good I've got that there just in case anything comes of it but still the penny didn't quite drop that this could be a real serious career opportunity. So um, I actually wanted to, to go to Canada and do a ski season and all this kind of thing. Um, and so didn't really give the, the kind of CSM or, or career element too much thought. And I think, again, that might have been another bit of luck or a bit of a blessing that I almost then didn't try too hard, I guess, at that point to kind of fake value or like force being in touch but I always knew it's smart to stay in touch with people so I would find reasons to kind of connect but I was never asking for anything I never actually asked for a job or asked for something from them I always just got in touch when something relevant came up and I think that again maybe I kind of knew it inherently but I think that probably served me quite well in keeping that relationship the right way around and then when I graduated um, I just again as you did kind of do over the years got in touch so a lot of people just saying cool graduated just to let you know survived uni and now gonna try and take on the big bad world and again this is probably my biggest element of luck to the story but um someone had just handed in their notice from the team so there was a there was a gap there which um again a bit of luck a bit of timing but I guess I'd had to have done the kind of groundwork with what I'd the value I'd provided before for them to be like consider me or invite me in to kind of have a chat and, and see if I was interested and um, it became one of those things that when you kind of sat in an office it's got an F1 car in the in the foyer and everyone's just chatting sport and there's big like screens of Sky Sports on everywhere and someone's like are you interested in kind of working here you're like okay I guess traveling can wait and I was like this is like Canada's not going anywhere but this is like this is meant to be kind of thing so yeah then took the opportunity with both hands and, and kind of have yeah been there ever since basically and that's now like four years later so so can I, I, I've just been fascinated to dig into a few things that I was just writing yeah. notes it wasn't I was doing anything else actually but I was just writing <laughs> notes on just a couple of things you were saying and taking it in this slightly different directions because <clears throat> it's interesting a lot of people that I've spoken to so far have been like you know timing and luck and 
And I always think a, little, a bit of that is sort of self-deprecating where, you know, as much as I think it, it does play that part, that you've got to, you've got to put yourself in the best position to be able to get luck, have luck That's to take sure. advantage of. So, for example, when you said, um, yeah, you know, that you, you chose the finance team of a sports agency, I can't imagine anybody would have done that in a, in a way or too many people <laughs> do that. But actually, it's a great tactic, which is find the department in a particular area that interests you and go from there, which is exactly as you said, which I've found brilliant. And if then the, 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 the player rep team then sits next to the finance department, then you, then you start networking from within rather than you know, being that external person that doesn't know how an organization works. So I almost think that thinking outside the box of being like, well, I'll just go and make, as you said, like they didn't understand why you would want to go and get work experience there was, was <laughs> yeah, was actually a really, really good tip of find the course of least resistance, which I thought was a really good one sometimes. And you may have inadvertently found it, but it, that's, a, that's a really cool one. And the other thing that you talked about, which I'd be really interested in your views on, is you talked about the luck of timing when that person um, resigned and then there was that job opportunity. But I think firstly, and go correct me if I'm wrong, if you hadn't done a good job, first of all, in that after second year of uni, if you hadn't kept in touch and come back uh, and showed value, um, if you hadn't emailed them and said, by the way, I finished university and, and then them saying, oh, actually, we've got a possible job role for you. That's still, you, you, you might not think it is, but for, in my mind, that's a hell of a lot of proactivity on your part that you class as luck, which I think is quite a different thing. Yeah, I think that's where the combination comes in. I think you, you can make your own luck to an extent, but I think also you do need a little bit of, like, even if that person had handed in their resignation a month earlier, they might have hired someone in before me or... Mm -hmm vice versa so there is a, a little element of that but then yeah like I say you've you've got to lay the groundwork and you've got to be prepared that when those few things do align then you kind of you can go um and it's not always going to be the case and it's not always going to happen first time I guess but at some point it will and it's just believing in that as well I think and can I ask about that that there's other one point that you talked about there which I which I want to just touch on which is you know, some of the book and some of these talks, I think, will be of real, hopefully be real value, especially when I'm talking to, to people like yourselves about when people are going into companies for the first time and trying to make the right impression. Um, and then you, you, you were talking about how you would say the thing, uh, you, you, you would say the things everyone else would say, like, you know, you would do that internal networking, you would start building relationships with people, you'd be inquisitive, you'd be, as you mentioned, the example with Twitter, um, are there particular things that you were thinking about during there or you can sort of recall from that time of being, right, I need to be really proactive in certain ways of how to go about not making a name for myself in the business, but just building relationships enough to understand how things are working at exactly as you said, trying to offer some value. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, I think for me as well, being a female in a like very he heavily male dominated environment, it's, it, I'm still not perfect at it. It's still something I'm trying that you try and figure out the whole time, but it's a really hard balance to find in terms of being, you can't be kind of like one of the lads. So, I mean, that's kind of my opinion, but if you're trying to be like that too much, it can almost kind of be to your detriment. So there's a, a really interesting balance to strike. And I think again, 
that's where I, I grew up with two brothers um, and um, our family friends have got three sons and we, I grew up next door to them. So five brothers for, for argument's sake. Um, and so I think, yeah, I just looked at it as, I mean, even to this day, my team is still, all, I think I'm the only female in the two teams I sit across. So it's very much um, the same thing for now. But um, I treated it like I was chatting to my brothers um, because I was like, okay, well, I'm lucky in that I, I love football and pretty much 99% of guys can chat football if they're in a sports agency. That can probably tick up to 100, to be honest. Um, and so, yeah, you just you just find a common ground with people and I think you make yourself a human being. I think maybe one of the things that... Um, I'm aware of and need to get better of is being a bit more vulnerable, a bit more open with people. Cause when you first go in there, you don't want to show any kind of weaknesses. You want to be this kind of finished, polished product that they can kind of be like, yeah, that fits perfectly in our organization. But I do think showing a like showing value and providing knowledge, but also being able to admit that you don't know everything. Again, it's a fine balance to strike and it's, and your kind of own personality will shine through, but, but yeah. And I think, um, this goes more to kind of when I first started, but I remember being sat in meetings and feeling like, oh my God, I haven't said anything yet. Like I need to say something. Otherwise what like people will think that I don't know anything or whatever. And then you almost find, find yourself saying something for the sake of saying something, which um, my boss who's been my boss and kind of mentor the whole way through um, one of his like earliest pieces of advice. It was just, he, he kind of said it pretty bluntly. It was like, you've got two ears and one mouth for a reason, which is a fairly kind of, um common phrase I guess but he's like especially at the start just listen he's like if you've got something to say say it and he's like and when when you do it will then be impactful but he's like for now just take in as much as possible like no one's expecting you to have to have the answers or to say anything so just learn take it all in um so I think I've gone completely off tangent there but um no 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 it's exactly right uh, and it was just not exactly right it's exactly what the, the 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 type of point which was you know I, I, yeah, I hope you don't mind me asking as well, because a lot of that seems to be like, how do you fit in or not fit in? That's what it yeah, almost ultimately, is like. and yeah. and that's what a lot of it is 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 how do you, um, because because all businesses is people, right? Um, I mean, I do I do a lot of selling, a lot of sales, and it, at the end of the day, it comes down to to people and um, a CMO one place might move to another company and become a CMO another place. And it's not uncommon to find that say ex CMO used to sponsor Chelsea football club, he then moves to somewhere else. And suddenly this company sponsors Chelsea football club. Like there's it's, it's people as well. Um, So I think finding, finding commonalities with people and kind of going back to that when you're first going into a business and try and just be interested in people, like ask them about their family, their kids, what they do when they're not at work. They speak about work all day. So it's okay to ask them non-work related questions too would be something because then you have something in common and if you remember that stuff that's even better because then next time you you kind of really relate to them and then I think that's also taking those opportunities when you are there to to network and communicate with people whether that be in a pre-covid world um after work drinks or um first thing I did was find out if they played five-a-side football which luckily they did um and so I was like right I want to get involved with that um because the best way you you make mates and you get to know people is through playing sport in in my opinion or in my experience so some of my best mates have made through playing sports I was like right if I can start playing sport with the people around me then then that just levels you up um and it gives you something again to chat about that's is a bit more light-hearted and when that's kind of needed throughout the day so 
No, I completely agree. Or as our friendship developed, um, you started giving me some good book um, recommendations like yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> Daniel Pink's To Sell Is Human, which is one of my favourite books and actually something I, I refer to quite a bit in in one of my chapters about, it's the bit where he talks about the, the, the word yet, like you mm-hmm. haven't learned something yet is not, is not um, uh, um, a consequence, basically. It's, it's almost like just because you can't do it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And that yet yeah. word becomes very optimistic in, um, in his approach, which I really liked. Yeah, for sure. And have, uh, you, have you read Atomic Habits? Like, do yeah. you read a lot of James Clear? Because like, there's a lot of James Clear. I, I love James Clear, like his newsletter and stuff. I think it's brilliant. But a lot of that trickles through. And I was like, he's either very similar minded or he's also read it. So, yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. So I've got this um, app called Blinkist that I think I've mm-hmm. mentioned to you. And yeah. I've read Atomic Habits on Blinkist, which I really enjoyed. And there's another guy called BJ Fogg, who is a Harvard professor. And he, he talks about his... Uh, the reason why habit forming is so difficult is all around quite a nice segue into what we're going to talk about in a second um, is all around um, motivation. um, A lot of the time is actually inherently linked to your own personality, Mm -hmm. i.e. you can be very motivated, but it's sometimes quite difficult to be motivated over a long period of time to do something for most people. You are the exception and we'll come on to that in a second. (laughs) I don't know about that. Um, But um, what, what Fogg talks about is trying to make very, very, very small changes to established habits. So, mm-hmm. for example, his his example is it's a bit of an odd one, but quite good at the same time. So he said whenever he wanted to um, lose a bit of weight and actually become a bit more physically fit, every time he went to the toilet, he would do two push-ups afterwards. Yeah, no, oh, I've he must have been interviewed by someone who I've listened to at some point. But yeah, I've come across that one before yeah. as well. Which I, which I really liked and um, and it sort of resonated to an extent that I actually do do that now. <laughs> I'm like, it's a really good thing. Like you can, it's the power, it's the power of the comp- uh, compound power of things, isn't it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If nothing else, it just continually reminds you of that element as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. Exactly. And I know, and I've just got it here. I mean, you can see it. I've literally got my, my mat, my yoga mat there out. I know if I have it out, I'm more likely to do it. To do it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's those... Is those All the good habits. stuff. But I think the, the bit I'd like to ask you on habits, only because what you did over the beginning of a medium, an end of lockdown, was obviously something which was the forming of a, a new habit, um, even though obviously you were really into your exercise and football and other, and other outdoor activities, was, um, I'll let you say, but you, you ran for 100 days straight. I think, is that right? Yeah, so I did 10K every day for 100 days. <laughs> which is absolutely fantastic and took pictures of yourself each day on which numbers you were. Yeah, that, that was quite funny, actually, because it was, it was one of those things that I never really knew what it was going to become. And the numbers started off as purely for my dad, like that I just used to send them to my dad every morning. And I thought it was quite a nice thing. And then I was like, oh, if I ever get around to putting this anywhere, I'll use them. But I thought it was kind of a, I wanted to, again, I read a lot around consistency and, and habits at the time. And I was like, quite interested in seeing how consistent I could be with something or a consistent challenge because it's not until you undertake something like that of having to do something every day that you understand and appreciate the difficulty and it's usually at the point that you give up that you never really get past that point and so I was like well if I set this as a target and it's during lockdown and 
what it did help me do again it set a routine and it like it kept me sane through lockdown of nothing else and then it kind of grew from there and people became um interested and managed to kind of raise raise some really good money for some some good causes as well and then yeah so something that became me sending pictures of numbers to my dad and then got halfway and was like am I actually be able to do this so then I started kind of telling a few more people to be fair but then so if you can tell me about that consistency and difficulty because I think that that's exactly the, the point that I've sort of read quite a lot about which is you know was it you say obviously it wasn't right in the beginning that you decided you were going to um do those hundred days uh, run for those hundred days um but ultimately at, at what point were you what point was the first day and just because it's a wider sort of point to try and work out were you thinking oh, I just can't be I can't be bothered but I'm still going to do it and what was the motivation in your brain? Was it a positive, I've got to do it, or was it a negative that I, I don't want to let someone down or I should just be doing it because I'd be embarrassed? I mean, just get fascinated into the, the element of a habit becoming a positive part or trying to satisfy a negative insecurity. Hello, and welcome back to Build the Invisible with me, Daniel G. In addition to sharing insights and lessons on career success, I'm also the founder of a charity fashion brand called 13. At 13shop.co.uk, you can order hoodies, t-shirts and socks with all proceeds going towards cancer research. So not only can you evaluate your personal and professional development with the insights shared on this podcast, but you can also support a great cause with your purchase from 13. Visit 13shop.co.uk today to browse our collection and make a difference. Thank you for supporting Build Invisible and the mission of 13. Um, yeah, no, that's really interesting. And I think, I think the reason I didn't tell many people to start with is because I didn't want that to be my motivation. I didn't want to be motivated. I wanted it to be something that I knew I could do um, for me. Um, and so, and I thought that was quite interesting to, to be like, okay, I want to see how, how and what motivates me to get up in the morning and do this I don't want to be plastering all over social media and all that kind of thing this is kind of like I want to see what it's like um so I think that in the first instance that kind of happened um again with lockdown there wasn't much else going on so it was a really positive thing it got me out of the house in the mornings I was running I was feeling good it was summer the weather was nice um I was like oh this isn't so bad um and then it probably hit day 20 um so I'd done 20 10ks and I mean there's only so many directions you can run from your flat. And I was like, oh God, like it was just the monotony of it was suddenly kicking in. And I tried to do different things like doing different repeats, like one mile, like quicker than the others and all that kind of, like try to mix it up as best I could, but there comes to a point where you are just doing the same thing over and over again. Um, and so, yeah, that became really tough. And then day around day 20 or so, it suddenly dawned on me, that I was like right if I want to hit that 100 I've got another 80 days to go and I was like and then I stupidly did the calculation in my head and it wasn't until like July that that would come along and I was like what have I done um but then it was almost at that point with no return I was like well if I I can't remember who who phrased something like this to me or whatever the quote was but there's too many quotes swimming around in my brain but it's like if I stop now if I ever want to do this again I've got to run 20 plus 80. Whereas if I just keep going now, all I've got to do is run 80. 
So it was like, I'm already at that point where I might as well just get on with it. And I'm lucky that I like running. It gave like it reinforced a load of positive habits, like listening to podcasts, getting outside in the morning, which is like one of my big ones is I hate going straight from bed to eat breakfast and then sit at my desk. Like I'll always try and get out for a walk or a run or a cycle, even if it's five, 10 minutes, like just getting outside. I find the really, really positive thing, even if it's raining or whatever. I find once you're out there, it's usually not that bad. We live in London we don't live in like some <laughs> arctic conditions too frequently so um so yeah that that was the kind of the motivator for me and I think it, it was probably again like a balance of the two like elements of it creeping where you're like I don't want to let myself down I don't want to like for me like let my like, dad or mum or like just a small group of friends that I told like the embarrassment factor of being like I didn't do it and again that kind of pride of like they see me as like the like one who likes running and active and then suddenly that meddles with the like your identity a little bit if you suddenly can't do this thing um and so luckily like yeah it just kind of kicked in and then it, it probably you kind of go through all the doubts and like can I do this oh my god it's harder it's boring da, da, da. you probably have a bit of a negative cycle and then you, you kind of flip on its head and be like actually this is really cool this actually gives me something else to talk to people on work calls about that isn't COVID this uh, I've listened to as many podcasts as I've done runs now like when would I ever have listened like it would have taken me ages to get through 20 podcasts but I've done 20 podcasts in 20 days now um I'd get in and I'd actually do some stretching or do like the stuff you're supposed to do after a run because because of the extra time and stuff without the commute so so I think once once I kind of like taught myself out of those like slightly negative kind of areas I then just focused on like right this is a really cool and positive thing and then it actually so happened that my neighbor was working with uh, the tribe foundation who do a lot against modern slavery and I kind of told him what I was doing he's like, oh that would be an amazing thing to kind of partner with tribe and I didn't really know about them or what they're up to at the time so again a bit of luck a bit of chance um we got chatting and then we started to kind of use it as a platform to raise some money they do lots of running and cycling things so they've got like a good community there and I was like and then once you've kind of got again that kind of good cause underpinning everything then it's like a, I can't let them down, but B, this is for a really good cause. So, so let's crack on. And then as the lockdown eased slightly, it became a really nice thing because then friends would come join me for runs and it was like, became a bit more of a social element as well. And on the last run, um, we kind of like did it in little pods and did some laps at Batsy Park and yeah, it was great. So, so yeah, I think a blend of negative and positive, but yeah, trying to quickly shove the negative ones aside and just build on the positive, I guess. I really like the idea, and uh, I've, I've written a bit about it in the book. In, in in the book that I'm trying to work through, which is that bit about you know when when you've got something to talk about because it forms a greater part of your identity. Mm, and yeah, for sure. By forming a greater part of your identity, then you're more invested in what then you're doing as a result, and whether it's a positive, negative, or however it contributes. That that. Um, one of my parts is like, you know, if you're going to be reading three pieces of content a day about your industry or the industry you want to go into by day 30, you'll have read a decent amount of really interesting stuff. Mm. But then when you're speaking to someone at a networking event or just by the by about it, you won't just be, excuse my language, bullshitting. You'll actually be coming from a place of some authority because you've had to think long and hard about what you're doing in the same way, in a slightly different way is that when you're doing or owning something yourself, that intrinsic motivation and ownership becomes that much greater too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Sorry, I've completely, <laughs> I completely, <laughs> I, I've, I've said probably what you were going to say, but I like, yeah, I like that bit as well um, in, 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 what your, in what your answer was. So it, uh, it seems like you're quite um, good at being able to um, be, at least from my experience, sort of um, be, being quite focused and habit forming and doing particular things. Have there been other things that you've done or if there's a particular behavior or a habit or a belief that's um, changed in a positive way even if it's a small thing of your life or something in the work or you know um, you know life environment generally um in in what kind of time frame do you mean because of covid or just like in just, general? just generally I'm just more thinking if there's anything that like you're like right I'm going to change and do this or I'm going to read yeah. at this time or I'm going to you know that that type of stuff I think loads of stuff to be quite honest it's probably in the last couple of years that I've really started to delve in and become really interested in this stuff I guess the kind of the stuff we're kind of chatting about I appreciate stuff's a pretty broad word but I think anyone who's interested in it knows what I mean by this stuff and that's your habits and your reading and all that kind of thing and I guess the one thing I wish I had done was someone had thrown a load more books at me at university that weren't to do with my subject and were more to do with productivity and habits and careers and like all the rest of it I just wish I'd started digesting all that sooner but um better late than never is uh is always the way so um I think the main habit that I would I think one of your questions was something about what would you put on a billboard and it'd just be read books and whether that's through Blinkist or through whatever medium there is I've found a really good um podcast that's called what you will learn or something and it's basically Blinkist but in a podcast form and people these guys chat for 15-20 minutes about what's in the book and so you don't have to read entire books because that's quite daunting but I think if you kind of broaden that I think read books is just quite like punchy but I think um just consume and kind of always be open to learning and reading and yeah um that's something I wish I kind of really gotten on board with a bit sooner maybe just in terms of more kind of I know all my mates make fun of me for reading loads of self-help books um, but yeah <laughs> so, um, but I just re- wish I'd kind of read some of those sooner um, but yeah like I said I've really kind of gotten into into those and starting to, to pull those out so and I mean I'm far from perfect sometimes I'll go a month without reading or sometimes I'll get through a load of books I've actually um, my five-a-side team when we um, realised we couldn't play five-a-side for lockdown one of the girls suggested we started a book club which is kind of almost feels like the opposite of playing five aside but it was brilliant and um it was again an opportunity to to read books that I would I would never pick off the shelf like myself and they're very much like story books and but I think any kind of reading is just really worthwhile and it kind of then comes through into your language and I think people forget like we're writing emails and texts and whatsapps and everything all day so and what you read is always going to influence how that comes across so I think yeah reading's a massive one for me um I like articles and LinkedIn and stuff um so I'm looking over here because I'd made some notes earlier but yeah my big one is getting outside um for me that's really important just staying active and moving and starting the day off right I think like I'm pretty rubbish in the evenings um for me up to, I get out quite early and usually by like the evening I'm completely like wiped out I know some people find the evenings they're like most productive but for me that's like okay wind wind down and do it kind of menial tasks or whatever that might be and um the morning's kind of like my my sweet spot so making the most of those mornings getting up getting outside to start the day and I kind of I peak and trough with doing a bit of like headspace app and um trying to like 
right in the mornings and stuff I'm not perfect I don't always get around to doing it every day but then I kind of I'm getting better at not beating myself up about that either just mm. just do it when you can and like you say if you do it three times a week it's better than not doing it at all so so it's a bit of a blend of that really um and then I'm just a massive fan of I love writing with like a pen and paper so I have like a stack of um plain sheets of paper and then at the beginning of the day I just write down especially like the way our industry is and like you mentioned you've got loads of reading to get through and stuff you just get pulled left right and center and you find yourself it's really hard to like you say focus on the one thing and you suddenly find that you've started 10 different things you haven't finished any of them you don't really know what's going on so and again <laughs> it doesn't always happen but um I try and write like the three things I have to like the meaty things I have to get done that day and that's like one of the oldest tricks in the book right but I find if you write them down and I literally just put them I've got it here I put them at the top of my page and I'm like right and then at the end of the day I visit them and if I haven't done them like that's fine they just go back on the top of the list for tomorrow but I think it just gives you a bit of focus because otherwise it's easy to I think emails are the worst thing ever like they just get you pulled left right and center so I do my best to kind of if I'm focused on something phone away emails away that kind of thing and just get what I need to get done done um but these are all ideals they don't always come off and sometimes things come up as we all know with work and whatever else but but yeah you just have to kind of try your best to implement these things and hopefully over time they kind of they come through and keep you kind of working towards whatever you're aiming towards it's interesting as well because I read a bit of Dan Pink, the book, the, the book you recommended, wrote a book. I think it's, it's called When or something like that. And it's all to do with um, productive periods of the day for different people. Mm-hmm. So um, I know from my experience, I'm, I'm pretty good from about 7.30, 8 o'clock when I need to draft and have some proper headspace till 11, 12, a bit bleed up to lunch. And then after lunch, then I try and have more meetings and calls Mm-hmm. to keep myself going a bit because I know that that's a difficult lull for my brain and then usually after about five o'clock I'm, I'm quite good again and I, I quite like having that space of about nine till 11 p.m just to just to have that time to do whatever I want to do on that on the sort of yeah. day basis. I think it, it evolves as you as your life evolves right when you have kids or whatever that might be like that changes things <laughs> like so um, I think it's also being open to to changing and trying to realize when those best times are but yeah yeah and I think that's um no a very cool one and tell me then so I I totally agree on the um it's a great billboard um <laughs> which is yeah read books I've never had I haven't had anything as blunt as that yet which is well, read more books I mean I can put no, some no, fluff no. around I can put some fluff around it if you like but no no, no it's really good because I mean I think Marcus Rashford would be agreeing with you right now is the truth yeah yeah yeah, and, about it and yeah, I think you've got to start in small ways. But I also think the other thing that you were saying about oh, you wish you'd started earlier. I just wonder whether you might not have had the same urge or passion to do it. It's almost like the timing thing is yeah, true. happens now for that maybe for a reason sometimes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think for certain. I just think a lot of it I could have used when I was like revising at uni and stuff. So it was more like I could have like applied it practically. But then, then again, like no one like you're slammed enough as it is trying to study for your degree and all the rest of it you like you then don't want to be the person that's not socializing and sat in your room reading a book well I didn't want to be that person anyways so each to their own but yeah like you say timing's everything no it's totally right and look Jordan it's been great to to chat I'm sorry we've gone on for a bit longer than expected don't be silly it's a pleasure (laughs)
but it was really good just to sort of hear some of your experiences, um, how things started off, those sort of interesting motivations and habit sides, and then and then that billboard. And I think, um, yeah, I think that might feature prominently, which is, uh, yeah, good, <laughs> self-fulfilling thing of read books, but read my book as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> read books and you've got like a little asterisk and then uh, in particular <laughs> correct 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 but actually it's um one of the parts of the book build invisible is actually to, to make it a repository of book recommendations um based on all the stuff some things that you've recommended and other books that i've read and recommended out so almost it becomes that um not focal point but that point that when you're reading something shortish but if I say, oh, this bit in this book was great and or grit or if it's um, when friends and influence people or if it's zero to one, what, whatever all these cool books are, Atomic mm -hmm. Habits, et cetera, that then that provides almost like, you know, that sort of arrow to go, actually, that might be a cool book to read or this might be yeah, something definitely. Cool, that might happen as a result. And I never really had that when I was a bit younger to go, you know yeah. what, all of these in different directions. I think that's a big thing, isn't it? Because it's just so saturated as well. It's a bit mind boggling when you look at it all and you don't really know where to start and I think one of the best things that ever happened to me was someone was like read this and I didn't have to think about anything else I was like okay like I've got it I'm, I'm gonna read this and it was it's just one of my mates who, who I trained with and she was like look this book brilliant like go and go and read it I've loved it and just gave it to me and then you're like okay well that like what I need to focus on is getting through that book so I think maybe the billboard shouldn't be read books it should be recommend books because then you're helping other people so I I that know, as well. something like that I might do both of those but also <laughs> there on that is that I think then the books take you along the path just almost like when you listen to a music artist and then you sometimes have that I um, Apple music whatever it is recommendation based on the algorithm of the stuff you've, you've read you've listened. yeah definitely almost books then take you along that path is like usually every every self-help book development book references loads of other stuff and the, then that resonates and then you just sort of go and then read so I wonder I wonder actually what that path is where that first book was and where that current book is potentially now it should be quite cool to maybe I can think about exploring but anyway. yeah 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 like I mean everyone I guess has got their kind of web of books of where they've kind of gone from and, and to which is quite cool um yeah I wasn't allowed to recommend any at the book club <laughs> because <laughs> oh, because they all had to be fiction presumably yeah, yeah yeah they wanted like um we we just read where the crawdads sing it's uh like a kind of murder kind of thing it was really it was really great like it was nice storytelling like really descriptive like it was cool um and i guess you kind of learn things through those but yeah they didn't fancy a uh kind of yeah <laughs> an atomic habits-esque read where i think a lot of them would have probably just felt as as sometimes i do when i read these things like just feel a bit guilty for not doing a lot of it yeah. <laughs> and so you're just like oh right, okay just made me feel bad about myself but yeah interesting no I like that as well well that's something to maybe consider as well but look thank you very much to chat and hopefully um we'll be able to catch up soon yeah absolutely cool thanks for listening to another episode of build the invisible with me daniel g we hope you've enjoyed today's conversation and took away some valuable insights and lessons if you'd like to learn more about the strategies and mindset discussed on the show, be sure to check out the book, my book, Build the Invisible, and the accompanying BTI journal, both available at www.buildtheinvisible.com. We also encourage you to leave us a review and subscribe to keep up to date on future episodes. Thanks for listening.